Live from the Shangri-La of South County. Coming to you from Rust and Tustin in the state of disrepair. In the morning, Nathan Penetration and... In the morning... Oh. And Dr. Roadhouse. Good in evening, this is Roadhouse. You got a better mic. Yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to listen to. It's better than that Chinese uh, knockoff that you ended up picking up. Why'd you have to bring that up already in the show? <laughs> Are, is that business still around? Or did they uh, experience Jewish lightning? They have not experienced Jewish lightning, as you put it, yet. However, tomorrow I will be going down there with both the real mic and the fake mic and presenting that to them to get my money back. Oh, man. Good luck. <laughs> and it, it, was, it wasn't very much money. I don't remember how much it was, but... Hopefully On principle, now I'm going to get it back. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Chinese knockoff mics out there, fake ones. They know yeah. people can't tell the difference. The uh, SM57s and the SM58s, I think, are the most uh, like knocked off microphones. Like they get away with it the most with those because they've yeah. got it. Uh, after all the years that they've had to to mess with them, they've got it down to like an exact, almost an exact copy where you can't even tell. I'm not surprised. Sometimes they'll take the guts of like a $10 mic and they'll stuff it in a $300 one and then sell that and then resell the internal components. Huh. It's a hell of a racket. Um, you, you asked out of the... Roadhouse asked me out of the, I guess there's no chat room, but he asked me if the link that he's going to post, if it's going to read it. Yes. You can, you can post it if you want. I can't post messages. Fuck. Either way, Nate, um, I should have known if I had just looked at pictures before I bought this, this doesn't even look like a real sure microphone. Uh huh? <clears throat> you know what threw me off when i got my uh sm57 i bought the uh the sure uh filter uh, it has its own model number i forgot what it is but it it you know every, anytime you see anyone like you know the president or some other <clears throat> political figure giving a speech you know that most often they're using an sm57 with that uh that cover on the mic and when I first, because I, 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 when I first got my mic, I got that cover with it. And when I, you know, started installing it, uh, it's, it threw me off. I thought it was like fake or a knockoff or something because the screw just literally tightens into the, uh, frame of the microphone. Like there's no indentation or anything for it to go into. It's literally, you're just. And, it, and like it pushes it off to the side so it looks like it's just like kind of pinched onto it it's like it looks really jank and rickety and uh i guess that's the way that these mics are supposed to have those uh you know covers put on but i don't know if that's the same on the 58s or or whatever your microphone is 
that's how the mic suspension cage is for mine. It's just a screw that creates friction when you screw it in and yeah. it holds the mic in place. Yeah, it's just friction. Well, uh, one of my first clues that it was fake, besides that it worked without phantom power, was that you could not take the top of the microphone apart. Nothing like a real sure. You couldn't even you couldn't even put something on it. Huh. The top of the my my microphone like literally just twists. It keeps twisting constantly. Like in place. You can't like twist it off. I don't know what would be an indicator of whether or not it's a uh, a knockoff or not for that mic. A lot the of times hell? it's the XLR plug. My printer just turned itself on and now it's printing something. That's fucking weird. Can you hear it? Uh, faintly. Fuck, hold on a second. It's gonna be somebody's asshole. It's gonna be like Goatsy or something. It didn't actually print anything out. I, I wonder if it's doing like a, a test or there's a firmware update it's installing. That's weird. <laughs> it's his brother DCP. Hold on. I can't read it from here. It's the North Koreans. First, they hacked Sony. Now they've hacked Nathan Penetration. Sorry, I had my headset off. What'd you say? You were getting hacked by the North Koreans. Oh, yeah? Can confirm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty sophisticated. I just bought a new mouse. It's the Zowie EC1A. And I plugged the thing in. And I noticed it had a white scroll wheel. And it never fucking occurred to me that that means when I plug it in, that's a fucking LED. Huh. The scroll wheel is pink. Why did this interest you particularly? Because it's like the Logitech? It's just like the MX518. This is the mice, the mouse that I originally wanted, but I ended up getting the FK1 or 2 or something. That other Chinese mouse, same brand. That's cool. Um, I have two sizes. This one's large, so it fills your hand like the MX518. The ambidextrous FK mouse that I, the Zowie FK1 or 2, it, it, it ruined my hand. It crippled me. It turned it into a hook. I can't extend my fingers anymore. But after this new mouse, my hand's going to be supple and fat. <laughs> Because it's going to be perfectly... This mouse is sculpted for my hand. The FK ambidextrous piece of shit. I only bought it because it had the extra buttons, but all those are for is to reprogram it to be left-handed or right-handed. You can't actually set them up to be like mumble push to talk. I think that the... that Yeah, that's a cool mouse, and it probably wasn't expensive either. I think those are pretty cheap. Yeah, it was like 60 bucks, I think. Eh, and I ordered it today. that's average. Okay. It had well, free one-day shipping. Same-day shipping. I think the best mouse line by far is the Logitech, like, the G line, but the 5 
the five series, like every iteration they've had. So like, you know, the last, the MX 518 was the last of the MX series, but it was like, basically that was what they used for the G5 and up. So like they have the yeah. G5, the G500, uh, the, the G502 and that, the 502 is what I've got right now. And honestly, this one is probably the best one out of all of them that I've the used. G5? The 502. 502. The problem it's is a, they it, kill the line off so fast. No, they still make these. They have the 502 and then they have the um, the wireless version, which is the 50... What is it? 508? I don't know. Yeah, I have... I have- yeah. I have one of the 502s as well, the uh, Proteus Core. It's the one before it was customizable LED lighting. Now it's mine's just blue. That's what mine is too. It's just blue. I agree though. It is the best mouse I've ever used. It's not huge. You can customize the weight in it and it just feels good in your hand. It's the right size. Yeah, it's more ergonomic than the... It, it's basically what they, they... They took the 518, what the 518 and the G5 were and the 500 and just made it more ergonomic. The they narrowed it down a little bit. Does the logo wear off within the first year? No, the logo is actually, it's pretty cool. They have, it's black plastic all the way across the top. And when it's powered off, you can't see it. When they pow- when you plug it in and you're, you know, to whatever, the there's a G cut out underneath that black plastic that lights up blue. And that's the logo. Well, I'm trying to decide whether I should return this mouse. Or crack well, if you it open like it and break the LED. Well, if you like it, then is that one a laser or is it a optical? It's optical. Uh, see, well, if you prefer optical, then you're gonna want to stay with that. I don't know the difference. Yeah, if you can't tell, then like the late. I I always thought that you just preferred optical, and that's why you like the five eighteen so much. I just specifically want exactly what I always had but I can no longer acquire because the 510 and the 518 haven't been manufactured in so long that the only versions that are left are like one or two that are possibly in stock on Amazon for like $110. I have both my G500 and my G5 still that are both. The G5 is in decent condition. The G500 is in great condition. You could have either one of those if you want. I don't use them at all. They're in a box somewhere. I don't want your ball sweat covered mouse. Just wipe it off with a uh, Lysol <laughs> wipe and you're good to go. But forever yeah, unclean. The only negative with this mouse, um, the, cause you have, you're going to have to use to make it work the way that you want it to. In other words, customizing all of the buttons on it you're going to have to run their shitty software, that Logitech software. Um, I don't know how well that works in Mac OS, so I can't, I can't guarantee. Oh, that's the main uh, reason. Yeah. And, I don't want to run their software. Yeah. So you can still use the mouse. It's just that it, the way I, I had to change a few things around on, on mine. Cause, um, there's the, uh, the buttons on the side, there's now there's three. So there's, uh, you know what I would use for the back and then for the forward and then all the way up in the front, you got to reach way up. There's a, it's called like an FPS button. And what it does is it, I guess you can bind, um, 
like uh like scoping like quick scoping to it so like i guess you could like right click you know I, I don't know what the advantage of it is i there was an advantage i just can't remember what it is but i never use it and i'll sometimes hit that button and it'll you know sometimes it'll do that in game when i don't want it to it just kind of like defaults to that and then the other thing is in windows it'll reset the the sensitivity like the button that changes the sensitivity so i always have it set to one and i'll like leave my machine on for an entire day come back use the mouse again and then it's like at two and then it's like the mouse is just warping around everywhere so i have to like cycle through it again to get it back on one and this so is your number one recommend recommended mouse that's but that's i think the problems are because of the fucking software nothing that you plug into your computer like that should require software yeah it should be completely optional well anyway i have those mice if you want them you can't get them anymore and mine are just sitting in a box no those should be donated to the left hand poetry subreddit left hand poetry i've never been on that one they type with their left hand, their dicks in their right. It's all the comments <laughs> under porn. Left hand poetry. Yeah. Let's see. What? Wait, I gotta. I'm, I'm trying to find a good one. I got a uh, Gerber dime, the same one you've got. Oh, the multi tool? Yeah. I like it. It's always in beer mode. Uh, yeah. That's the best feature. <laughs> it's 24 7 beer mode. I like that it's spring. The pliers are actually spring. Like everything cool. is very, for how small it is, it's pretty cool how they kind of worked everything into it. And if you get the black one, like I think that's the one you have too. That's the one I got. It makes it very inconspicuous just glancing at it. It looks like. It looks like a bottle opener, but just that's it. If you just glance at it, it's like in your hand. Um, because I was gonna get it was between this and the Leatherman Squirt. Sorry, I should be browsing the Left Hand Poetry subreddit on this computer so I can send you the link. It's about the same size as the Leatherman Squirt, and I think that's why they made the Gerber whatever multi tool springy like the Squirt. Is, is the it, uh, yeah the squirt is the one that's springy and then the juice is the larger one. Yeah. Yeah, we have one in my uh, kit that I take around with me. Clients, it's in our car, company car, and it is too big. I, I don't like it. It's unwieldy. Like if you ever have to use the pliers with it, it's like the grips are like it, it's super wide. It fans out too wide. You know, and there's no weight to it on where the pliers are. All the weights in the handles. So it's like, I don't know. If you can't use it easily with one hand, then it's not really worth it. Uh, okay, here's the link for left-handed, left-hand poetry. It's a comment on Pornhub. Does anyone know some good builds for Nunu Jungle? <laughs> some good builds? Yeah, they're talking League of Legends. Oh yeah, <laughs> Junk Jugnol. <laughs> That's great. 
pair up with AP person and go bot <laughs> Ezreal or Teemo. <laughs> That's great. It's been a long time since I played that Chinese piece of shit game. I like how Pornhub's com like their whole theme and their comments thing. If you just glance at it, it looks like uh, Ste uh Steam's review things. Oh, like yeah. their review pages. Like it has the same vote up, like the thumbs up thing with the green text next to it, and then the uh you know. That's what their forums look like too, actually. Their message boards. There was a Verdun update, like really? yesterday. We should play that. Let's see. Let check it out. Do did you hear about the game that they really they they came out with a Eastern Front of the same game, but it's called Tannenberg, and it's you play as the Russians, the Russians and the Germans. We should get it. It's in early access though, and it's like eighteen uh, bucks, and it doesn't have a player base yet. Because that's the thing, Verdun didn't have a player base until like a full year after it came out of early access. I remember I played that game in its early stages, and it was a mess, but it was cool because it was World War One, and there was like nothing like it at the time. Yeah, that was pretty unusual. All bolt action. It looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, the gra it, the Unity engine's pretty cool. It scales really well. It just it's it's just janky. That's the problem. I had no idea it looked so good. Yeah, the the Unity engine I think is the most used engine now. I think it pa I think uh, the Unreal engine. Well, I don't know Unreal three. There's still a lot of shit that uses that. But Unreal 4, I don't know. I think the latest, whatever the latest version of the Unity engine is, probably has more things being de developed with it. I think it's because it, it's more scalable than Unreal, than the Unreal engine is too. There's a company, I probably shouldn't bring it up because I don't remember what their name is, so... I'll talk about something related. Have you heard of Terraform? Uh, like the company named Terraform? It is a product slash service called Terraform no. by HashiCorp. It's used for basically writing a script for deploying uh all of your Amazon instances. So if you redeployed the same thing over and over again, or if you needed it to be reproducible, you write it in Terraform. Okay. And I think it's supposed to be kind of like a universal translator. I don't really know. I'm still exploring it. It. My first impression was it was like this Rosetta Stone where you write in json like what the specs are of the virtual machine that you want and then you can deploy it on google cloud azure or uh, aws uh, i it may not be that way i think you actually have to tailor each 
JSON file to the particular platform. But it lets you uh, kind of script everything end to end. I'm still trying to find a value for it. For um, for game hosting, it would let... Actually, for game hosting, that's probably... Any of these automated systems where you like subscribe and you get an insurgency game, this is probably what they're doing. It just triggers a Terraform script. Huh. I want to do that. And, that. and that's only within AWS? Any platform. Oh, okay. But AWS is the big one. Um, no, it, it's crazy how many things are on AWS. Like... They are the big, I think they're the largest cloud platform, aren't they? Like by far, by far. And they've only been, as far as I know, they've only been around, I think for maybe five years. <laughs> no, I thought their whole web services thing was only like after, oh, maybe I'm no. Okay. Like seven years. Oh, more than that. They've been at this like more than 10 years. It's weird. I don't know when S3 came around. S3 was their first. S3 was probably like 2008 or 2009. Okay, Basically, so 10 years. After 2007. Nine, 10 years. After 2007, there was a paradigm shift. And anything you're doing the old way is basically the way you did things in 2007. After 2007, everything has shifted and you have more and more of these new philosophies coming about creating so that, S3 was uh, launched in 2006, March 14th, 2006. Okay. That's but it cool. came out in North America and Europe in 2007. But yeah, that's I, 11 years. I think it all started as just an internal pet project to solve, to scratch an itch. And then they turned it into a business. S3 is so much older than the rest of, their their platform that it actually has a slightly different syntax for their access control list so you would think you could create groups and add users to it and then just apply permissions to a group and then add arbitrary users and just because they belong to the group they'll have access to that s3 disk but that's not the case so yeah. with that in mind you have to work a special way with s3 but if you're on something like Google Cloud Platform, it was designed like within five years or five years ago. So they had all of that history to learn from so they could do a lot of stuff better. It's interesting that um, that Microsoft Azure is actually older than iCloud. Yeah, iCloud's built on on Microsoft's platform and oh, is AWS. it? Yeah. Huh. It's built on S3 and Azure. Is that why my pictures never get uploaded? That's why <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why sometimes their fucking CDN takes forever. 
you'll go to fetch a photo from your library or it's like on a, a shared iCloud photo and you hit the video, you hit play and it just sits there. It says in 2016, Apple sent a deal with Google to use Google Cloud Platform for some of their iCloud services. Okay, that's new news for me. I know that at some point they were trying to take a bunch of it in-house and then Supermicro, another Chinese company, uh, they were doing some sketchy stuff and there was a watering hole attack against their their FTP server that contained the firmware that was unauthenticated on their FTP server for updating the uh, the motherboards and stuff that they were using to build up out this cloud infrastructure and they stopped buying stuff from Supermicro. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, just building their uh, end user shit and dealing with the problems that they've had those those servers and stuff have had over the years there the thing is though is that there's not really a lot of other server system builders that are OE, like that are uh not oems you know like the not oems i mean like you know like uh ma- major manufacturers like dell hp you know like supermicro is like the only like company that sells server solutions through like stores like micro center and fries and you know other distributors so they're kind of like that's why they're used so often but i uh i wouldn't say they're cheap they're some of their stuff is pretty expensive and they and they the other problem with them is that they use legacy shit they'll keep making like little uh you know like those i think you have one they're like kind of designed to be used as like PBXs. They're um, they're like at little atom chips on them. They're they're yeah, system we're on a chip. On one. Okay, yeah. So there you go. And they would like even at, like at the end of life cycle, they'll they'll keep selling those machines as like new with the same price, and they're expensive. I think like the the base like what we're talking on right now if you were to get one of those today a base one with like the base atom that they have it would be like a two or three year old atom and it would be like 500 and something dollars yeah this and it doesn't include memory less. it doesn't yeah, include no memory and there's no uh storage and probably no support so that's why they're shitty but there is that other what was it is it tian or what was tian yeah they they made motherboards i might be cutting out what was roadhouse gonna say i was gonna say that 99 percent of the time if you buy a white box server it's gonna have a super micro board in it i mean they're just they're everywhere yeah do you have any roadhouse i don't i've looked at and googled and really wanted one for various projects but it it just seems like it's too good to be true sometimes when you look at used versions of their stuff oh yeah you wanted to build a free nas box yeah a gigantic one with you know 20 or 30 drives so then the thought the thought occurred to me that i was buying a white box server with no support ix systems they'll have support they'll burn it in ahead of time 
they'll ship ship you some true what do they call it the true nas device oh yeah but they have the free nas mini and the free nas mini xl which is what i want i'm just waiting for them to update it again but it runs on an atom that is known to have a flaw that causes them to burn out after a certain number of years Free NAS is cool. I, yeah. The Z pool like, thing was really confusing, but I yeah. get it a lot more now. It's actually easier to use the command line. I don't even, I don't fully understand it. I just know how to copy my playbook because I solved it once a year ago. I documented it and all I do is copy and paste my one liners and there's like four steps and then I'm done. And somewhere in there, the script takes care of the disks. I don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah. So, Nate, have you, um, sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, no, this can wait. Uh, Nate, I was wondering, I've been thinking about this ever since the Spectra and Meltdown thing came about. I was going to go there. That's what, well, great minds, right? Or shitty (laughs) minds, too, I guess. Um, Do you have any customers or clients that you've serviced uh, that since implementing fixes for that, they were running so close to the edge of what their hardware could do that they need new hardware at this point? No, because I don't think that it's really affected uh, because most of our employees are like less than 20 people. I mean, I'm sorry. Most of our clients have less than 20 employees. So they, they don't, you know, even if it did impact what they were doing, it would be pretty negligible. I think where I've seen it up to this point have problems is on cloud platform stuff like Azure. And because we have a, we have several online services that we use. Uh, one of them is a, pa- uh, a like database software for passwords. And another one is for, um, for our remote monitoring management software. Like, and we can like deploy antivirus uh, updates and stuff like that through it. And that has been slower than dog shit, like the last week that I've used it. That's probably why. And yeah, so, and that's from multiple connections at multiple locations. It's just slow everywhere. So I know it's on them. Um, but that, that that's really it. I haven't really seen any other, you know, any other impact from that. At least it's, that's noticeable. Tuggerhosting.com. We do have some clients that use some SQL stuff and they have people tapping in through VPNs that are working on it too. So that could potentially maybe they could have some slowdown from that, but I I don't know. We've got their updates on WSUS. So I don't even know if we would have deployed that update yet that would have made the changes from the, you know, from the what was it meltdown and uh specter specter yeah i was gonna say it as long as it's in my tongue um but i don't know we'll see well we've definitely noticed it in game servers yeah yeah ever since they applied those instances they're basically the same idea as the cloud platform in that regard they are that's the problem Yeah, that's where you're going to see the impact. And databases are particularly affected by the patch. Like my server here that I'm running for DIY would not be impacted. And it's running on Linux, so. Well, you have enough headroom. 
when you're leasing a relatively cheap VPS, some small virtual machine on AWS or Vulture, but you have just enough CPU to like fill the server with 20 or 30 players, when you reduce the capacity of the server by like 30%, then you factor in the fact that there's cycle stealing. So like the noisy neighbor next to you in this virtual machine on a server that runs 200 other customers, that noisy neighbor can technically suck some of the CPU cycles from your system by like 30 or 40% on top of yeah. the 30 or 40% loss that you already have experienced. So you're reducing performance by half. Easy. Yeah. I've so noticed not, it in every server that I've been in on insurgency that there are random slowdowns, there are lag spikes. Yeah. You have yeah, it's unfortunate. Because I was going to upgrade like in the next month to 8th gen Intel stuff. You can get the 8th gen 8700K for $150 off Micro Center. That's a $500 chip. You might as well get it. I know. I'm really for like I'm, seven years. I'm so tempted to because they had just put them on sale, I think, last week, and they probably will sell a bunch of them. But I don't want to have to go and buy a Z90. What is it? Z. What's the new chipset? Intel chipset for the 8th gen? It was Z99. It was B2, it was 250 or whatever it was called. The B250 was for last series. Now it's Z. Uh, Z370, isn't it? 370, yeah. And they had a Z270 for the last series as well. So yeah, 370, that makes sense. Um, so I don't want to buy a 370 board right now. I don't, But I am tempted just to buy the chip and to sit on and just hold on to it and see what how, happens. How can you do that, though? You could have, you'd have such a beastly chip to run a bunch of servers off of and you wouldn't use it? I couldn't do that. I wouldn't run off a bunch of servers. That would be my new workstation chip. My, or my new home office chip. Porn machine. Yeah. Porn rig, gaming rig, and uh, yeah, and VMs. When, like, but Windows VMs primarily. I don't know. You might need dual Xeons for that. Uh, the new i7s are, are pretty good. Even the, the i5s. They were completely sold out at Micro Center, the i5s. Because they're, they're both six core chips. So Intel does not, none of the i-chips are dual cores anymore. They're all uh, quad and up. They did that as a response to AMD, apparently. Because they've been so fucking lazy. Yeah, AMD doesn't do, hasn't had dual core shit for a long time. Well, you pretty much can't have dual core chips because they're, they're just so, so slow. No. You can still do plenty of stuff with a dual core. Some of those, uh, like in like Intel, like those Ultrabooks, you know, those super thin laptops, they'll put like i sevens and i fives in them. And no. Apple does the same thing. That's a the, bullshit the, indicator. It is not an well, i seven. It's basically yeah, they are, just dual M cores. It, it's not a. It's not just a dual core i seven. It's a weak bitch. It's whatever their core you know, is. It's their U series. They have a U series chip that is for Ultrabooks. That's what the U stands for. But it's not a normal i7. It, it's no, you're no, you're right. It's not a desktop i7 for sure, but it's still an i7. It, it's just they take two, they lop two cores off of it, 
and th- mm-hmm. it still has the performance as two cores would have or about the same performance as two cores would have in a four core i7 i don't think so yeah, yeah it, it just it uses less power that's a intel is okay with that i was saying more amd can't you know previously their previous generations of hardware were so slow that if they had dual core chips that what, what would you get out of that could you even play solitaire <laughs> i don't know Okay, here we go. Intel Core i7 7500U. It's three and a half gigahertz. Uh, two point or three and a half gigahertz. Uh, what is the? It's fifteen watt TDP, and it's dual core, but as uh, four threads. And that's considered a high performance chip. I have the i5 version. I think. In what? In my MacBook. Let me check. I thought yours is an i7. It's an i5? I was thinking it was an i7. I Are you talking about your MacBook Pro or your MacBook? MacBook. No, your MacBook is a Core M. That's not the same. No, it's 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 a Core M, yes. It it's says not it's the an same. i5 or i7. I understand that, but that's not... That's what I'm it, saying. It, that's they, they just started doing that for those MacBooks. I don't know of any other platform that uses that, at least from what I've seen. This is the U-series chip, the 15-watt chip. Yeah, but you're not... I understand you're not going to get great graphics performance out of this, but if you're... You're not going to get any good performance out of this. This is basically an Atom that they're calling an M because it's faster, but it is not a Core i any series. It's a slow bitch. It has hyper-threading, doesn't it? So? It gives you what? the simulated... It gives you 10% more efficiency for a single core. Okay, so other than gaming, where is this going to be a slow chip? Zendesk.com. Well, then that means if it's using a bunch of CPU, then it's just poorly optimized. Seriously, one browser window will shave off like two or three hours of battery life because it'll just throttle a single it'll just peg up one whole core and it makes your whole system slow the only saving grace is that safari once you're not looking at zendesk it instantly kills that background tab so that it can't use the cpu until i go back to it and then it gets fucking slow again and i can't scroll and every other web page i go to it's like really like this glassy smooth uh scrolling experience but zendesk.com just turns to shit and then virtual machines it's kind of slow for that okay what's the i5 i'm gonna do because you can do pass mark comparisons so uh, for science sake we're gonna do this what's the the what year is your MacBook? Is it this year or 2016? It's uh, 2017. Yeah. I can't get yeah. more specific than that. I can give you the MacBook model number, model identifier, 10 comma one. I'm just I'm just searching the i5. Okay, it's so a 1.3. Two cores.
it's a great mobile, extremely mobile computer. Yeah, I need the actual model number for this chip to do the comparison. Do a search for MacBook 10, comma one. And then you can ask Google what version of the i5 is in there. And then you'll probably get like tech dirt or something or an and tech where they do a review and benchmark that particular CPU. Okay, here we go. Every Mac.com. Uh, that didn't work. MacBook, it came up with MacBook Pro when I did that. 10.1. Yeah, there's probably a Pro, but. Yeah, Isn't there an quote. A number, like an A something chip or That's series? That's a model identifier. Uh, you're looking for like a some other number? Like underneath the MacBook, there should be like an A something, like four digits, A four digit number. Like the letter A yep. and four digits. A1534. Okay, here we go. Early 2017 or mid 2017? Mid. Yeah. Okay. So that's got a 1.3 gigahertz, 12 inch. Other sites slow. I57Y54. There we go. Okay. Yeah, two cores, four threads. So i5-7Y54 versus i5-7200U. Thirty percent the performance. That's so the i. Can... So the i7 or the i5 7200 use a lot faster what is that is that the current gen it's got over twice the, the frequency it's twice the clock rate it's it's a seventh gen 7200u and the 7y54 is also seventh gen they're completely different chips oh so is mine a 10 watt and the 15 watt goes in the 13 inch or something uh, yours is, I'm just going to link you this so you can see what I'm talking about. Channel, Nate, go. link to cpuuserbenchmark.com. Oh, these benchmarks on UserBench for CPUs are kind of useless. If you compare like any processor, it always goes, oh, it's a 20% 20 20 difference. The multi-core, but if you look at the... Yeah, the point system that they use is bullshit, but it's better for the, GPUs. The multi-core speed is much faster on the the seventy two hundred U. It's forty two percent faster. But um, I can hear the the trackpad clicking on your yeah. mac it has a very unique sound it's kind of like it's eerie it, it, it's like there's something about it that's eerie like when i use it when i'm it's like it's like it sounds fake like it, there's a speaker in there that's making that noise it, well, it just, the new one has one 
Can you hear that? Um, it's not going to come through in the noise gate. Maybe it'll do it if I get close. Can you hear it? Yeah, but I'm talking, this one's like more hollowed out. Like it's like, duh, 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 yeah, duh. like that was that the new track pad that I did against the mic that I hope came through the noise gate. The one you're referring to is that big sheet of glass that you actually push into the table. The old yeah. trackpad, the wireless one. Well, even I think that it it was on the um, the thirteen inch that I was using the other day, uh, twenty seventeen thirteen inch MacBook Pro. It it sounded more, but it was on a flat uh, uh, desk, like a hardwood desk that had like laminate over it, and it was it is it was very deep and echoey. You can adjust it. Because it's all software defined now. Maybe that was that why. Little haptic feedback thing. Oh, so it's ha- it's the haptic feedback for sure, but I, the noise is what is throwing me off. Like I don't know if I that's think there's a haptic- speaker in there. Okay. Because I can adjust how quiet mine is. Yeah, because you use the one on your iPhone, and it's not nearly as loud. The haptic feedback, so it's got to be something. I cranked mine up to hard though, so mine is kind of loud. Actually, it probably going to wear that thing mic. out quicker. Yeah, I, I can hear it. And when you turn it down, they don't really have like a quietness adjustment. For the mice, I'm pretty sure they add some type of click sound. But since I can't fucking feel any of this new equipment that they produce, like Apple's new keyboards are so shallow against the metal that they pop out through, that the keys pop through. And the surface is so much broader that it makes it really difficult if your hands are even the slightest bit cold. You can't feel what key you're on. And then sometimes you'll think you're on a key, but like your pinky is hanging off your key, like the return key, and it's touching the metal. And you can't tell because there's no height difference. Everything's almost at the same level. You're talking like two millimeters. The total keystroke for the key is like two millimeters on the desktop keyboard. And then on the laptops, the keys are even more broad, leaving less room in between with thinner strips of metal, and the keys have more pop and shorter strokes. I think the biggest keystroke you can get on their laptops now is one millimeter. Is the keyboard that you got with your Mac Pro any different than the latest wireless uh, keyboard that they came out with? It's the same exact keyboard as far as I can tell. This is gray. Yep. Yeah. They need to release that color for everything. Yeah, it looks good. They need to get rid of their fucking white. That white, I, I've, I've said that on the show for I think like a couple of years now that the fucking white, it's so dated. They, I, I understand why they, it's easier, it's cheaper to do on cables and stuff like that, but... Everything else, it's just go black or gray. White is actually really difficult to match if you have two different. Not for plastic, because you can just use PVC and it's, it's a white reason already. The white iPhone took so long to make. That's different because the that was because the glass and and it was getting color changed. You know when the light would hit it, but PVC is cheap, and that color is just white <sighs> plastic basically. It was because the paint 
the color temperature of the white on the glass didn't match the white on the home button under certain lighting conditions because they're two different surfaces. One is inherently white because it's plastic and the other one is that it's uh, painted on the backside through the glass. So they absorb light yeah. differently. And black is the absence of light. So if, as long as you I can like make gray, things... I like dark gray. Like that's, that's a good color and it matches well with any color. Blue, red, yellow, green. One of the cool things I discovered about the new keyboards that they use with that lightning connector is when you plug that in, it's no longer a Bluetooth keyboard. I know there's so, always been PC keyboards that do that, but this is through their. I thought when you plug the connector. keyboard in with a lightning cable, I thought it just all it did was charge the battery and the key and the thought. wireless one. But when you plug it in, it, I think, automatically pairs your computer with that device, and it uses it makes the keyboard a wired keyboard, and then the moment you unplug it, you see the wireless connection pop up. That's how the uh, Apple Pencil works with the iPad when you plug it into it. Yeah. It instantly pairs it. So that means with Lightning, you can make this keyboard a secure input device. So it's not emanating radio frequencies everywhere. And then you can unplug it and carry it into bed. But with this thin aluminum, you might cut your wrists and bleed out and die in your sleep. Why would you carry your keyboard to bed? If your computer is right next to your bed, like mine. It's you can, nice. You can just roll into bed and slap the space bar and watch Netflix. If you buy one of those things, uh, it's like those lap table things that are like really elongated. They're like really wide. Some of them have built in mouse pads. They're designed for like putting your laptop on it with a mouse. You can just put your keyboard on that with the mouse. Use your Steam Steam Link if you're in the other room. You know, like you could you could do if you had a TV in the other room, you could hook the Steam Link up to that and do everything from your, your couch with with uh, a keyboard and mouse. That'd be cool. That's what I kind of had set up in my other room, uh, the, not the room I'm in right now, uh, where my t TV is above my bed. But I had some shitty Microsoft uh, wireless mouse and keyboard combo that just, it was, I, I didn't want to spend money on a nice wireless mouse and keyboard setup to make that work. So that's exactly what I did. I figured but, I was going to be replacing my burning up MacBook Pro at some point. So I just spent like $15 on Amazon getting some 15 foot cables. And then I used an extra wireless, shitty wireless Microsoft keyboard so that I could route some stuff into another room because the device is hot. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, the wireless Microsoft dongle thing that's on like a six-foot cable, it, um, well, it's not really wireless. It's more like three feet. So I had to put it, I had to like uh, run the, the four or five feet of cable that it gives you 
up and rest it on something and then like push it against the wall so that the radio would make it the two and a half feet through the wall into the other room to the receiver. Wow. But it worked. And those, I was able to whoop your ass and teabag you. Those two and a half gigahertz receivers, those old ones, were pieces of shit. The transmitters. It's inexcusable, they, though, because Bluetooth was around and it worked for 30 feet. Yeah, Bluetooth stuff is way more expensive, though, than those shitty little USB two, two 2.4 gigahertz uh, That's true. receivers. And they normally I have a do great, Bluetooth wrong. I have a great Microsoft mouse. It, it was relatively cheap for usb for what it is it's small it was uh i got it for 30 bucks and pairs instantly with my mac every time like i pull it out of the bag turn it on lift the lid on my macbook instantly pairs um tracking is really good on it it's light and uh yeah that's the only other mouse i'd ever recommend other than my uh logitech mouse I'm surprised you found one that had good tracking. It's the 3600 Microsoft Mobile 3600. I think that's what it's called. Mobile 3600. Yeah, Bluetooth mobile mouse 3600. I got it in blue. It's a good mouse. No Agenda just had their 1,000th episode. 10 years. 1,000 episodes. I need to listen to it. That's insane. Yeah. 1,000 episodes a year. Well, or 100 it, episodes a year, I mean. Uh, it wasn't on the dot. Like Their 10-year anniversary was a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think it was October, right? I think so. So it's like 10.23 years and 1,000 episodes. But I archived all of them. It was kind of hard to collect the first couple of years, but I found them. They're all in a torrent on GitHub. It'll be in the show notes. Bringyourwallet.com slash frontier slash episode 223, I think. And it's a 100 gig torrent. It's web seeded through Amazon S3. It's probably going to cost me like $900 with all the people downloading. <laughs> right now, I've only seen two people, but it's only been a couple of hours, and Adam Curry mm-hmm. hasn't mentioned it on the show yet. Um, I got some new followers on that, that GitHub page. Yeah. And this method of web seeds is like the greatest thing in the world because I can, I can abandon these torrents but as long as I kept the, the data stored in S3 as reduced redundancy, so it doesn't cost me as much, I can just um, I can disable them when I'm seeding from computers. But if I, whatever, time went by, I just forgot about them. Uh, I disabled the different servers over time, but everything stayed on S3. I could just go make the world readable again, open the torrent, and it will download it as fast as Amazon S3 will send, will send it to me. Huh. So currently that's like 14 megabytes a second on gigabit internet. I know that I've achieved over 60 megabytes a second writing to Amazon S3. So they could easily send me stuff at like a hundred megabytes a second. 
Everything runs on S3. It makes the news every time Amazon S3 goes down. It's happened like two or three times. Um, you should help me seed it. You didn't help me seed the last torrent. Just put it in the BT sync, and then I'll be able to see it from. I'll, I'll have it on my server, and then from there I could seed it and wherever. What do you? Just download the damn torrent. Or Explain you can put the, the torrent in our software sync in BT sync. How does that help you seed the torrent? And then from there, I'll seed it. That way, I don't have to download it. So you want to download it so you don't have to download it? I don't have to do any work if you just put it in the sync. It puts it in the drive on my server that I don't... Roadhouse, explain how illogical that is to Nate. I agree with Nate. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know that doesn't make any sense at all. Makes perfect sense if you put it in the sync and it's on the hard drive already, then it's instantly shareable after he's already downloaded it using BitTorrent technology. If you put it in the sync, then everyone can get it if they want it. It's a fucking torrent. No, you have the, you have downloaded already what was in the torrent. Have you not? It's web seeded. Okay. Will you please put it in the sink so that I can have it too and I can instantly seed it? Oh my it? god, you fucking troll. <laughs> it's web seeded. 100 okay. megabytes a second or my 1 megabyte a second. Yeah, okay. I forgot you're on still on a 50 meg 50 meg down 1 meg up connection with Cox. <laughs> or is it 100? No, meg 1 megabyte, up? so that's 10 <laughs> megabits roughly give or take a couple of megabits one megabit or 10 or 12 megabits up is my limit and then down it's 300 or i thought 200. cox has gigablast now in your area gigablast is that like a finger blast yeah it's a gigablast in your ass the two in the pink one in the stink yeah no that's all in your ass if it's a gigablast <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was a terror blast up to the elbow <laughs> that's a good spot to end bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions bringyourwallet.com slash donate to share the show and support the show see you next week Sonara. later